what is up guys welcome back to tag team the pokemon trading card games premiere podcasting duo my name is riley holbert joined as always by my good good friend mr jw Crewall. jw how's it going today hey it's going pretty well riley how are you i am on top of the world man on top of the world well you look on top of the world you look like like christian bale or something because i have a white shirt on yeah white shirt and your hair is slicked yeah. back it's not really slicked back it's kind of the headphones are doing that more than more than me like a you know? young christian bale <laughs> thanks i guess <laughs> if you're listening on the cast you're missing out yeah yeah well i had this interesting moment at the gym yesterday i was really feeling myself and i was like damn like you're looking good right now and then it made me think you know well I'm also critically single right now, so if I'm looking this good and critically single, there's probably something what is like it? much more fundamentally wrong with me. Right, you're probably not that good looking. Right? Yeah, well, either, yeah. either that or like there's something so deeply wrong outside of my appearance right. <laughs> that it cancels it out. Dang. So, unfortunate reality that we live in. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. What's been going on in your world, though? Well, I have been just chugging away at work and yeah. I have been enjoying playing paper cards. I have been, I don't want to say addicted to playing uh, or to like shuffling my deck, but I just have my deck out on the table. And like whenever I take a mental break or like I'm thinking <laughs> over something, I just like reach for the deck and start shuffling it up. Um, I do that too. And if there's cards near me. Yeah, yeah. And like now that I have a full time job, like I feel a little less guilty about like going online and buying a few cards every so often. So like <laughs> I'm just kind of building up. I, I've never actually this is kind of a like inside baseball. I've never actually owned enough cards like staple cards to make two full decks at any one time. Oh. But I finally have that now. Yeah, wow. like I have like 12 research, you know, I got like six more marnies on the way you know like i am just going hard trying to make sure that i can premium collection full art right uh yeah 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 let's go with that let's go with that (laughs) but like i just you know i'll get packages in every couple days of like you know a six dollar order or like a ten dollar order and it's just got a few more staples that i can use to build a few more decks because that is something that i really want to get into is the tabletop gameplay or at least a little bit more um yeah maybe it's not a weekly thing but uh, i've just been having fun with my setup and it's just another cool cool little wrinkle andrew dankus on the other day that was super fun yeah it was a great time and look for more of that maybe 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 sporadically but uh (laughs) look for more of that i think it'd be really fun to because there is a pretty solid player base here in columbus i think it'd be pretty fun to like host a tournament here and yeah. then we could do like feature match up here on the on the table and then we have a big table downstairs that you know everybody could play their regular matches and I don't know maybe do like a tournament one night yeah, I think that'd be fun regular plebe matches Yeah they have to go downstairs and play on the you know 12 foot dining table Yeah and if you're on the bottom table you have to play in the basement <laughs> <laughs> don't even that kind of brings up bad memories (laughs) one time i played on a piece of plywood that was stretched out over a cardboard box (laughs) so there you go yeah 
I've seen it all, man. But yeah, I'm really excited to, you know, play paper again. I feel, um, I don't, it, it feels weird, like to go back just, you know, with like the Delta variant and stuff. But I kind of feel like after 18 months that I've earned it in a way. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> a little entitled, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little entitled. Like I did my part, you know, let me play some cards sure, mask safely. On. With my mask on, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it kind of feels like that to me. So, anyway, looking forward to it. Got a couple of tournaments this weekend, so. There you go. Yeah, so, I mean, you've referenced playing paper again for people who maybe haven't been consistently listening or haven't been following uh, the the scene locally. What's going on this weekend? So, there is the Full Grip Games double header, two tournaments back-to-back Saturday, Sunday, they start around noonish Eastern time. So if you want to catch the stream, they're going to be streamed over on uh, Tricky Jim's channel. Andrew is going to be streaming those. Um, but the first tournament on Saturday is a post-rotation tournament that includes Evolving Skies. So not only are we going to see a rotation, but we're also going to get those new cards. People can play with the Rayquaza VMAXs, the Raihans, the other, you know, Flaffies, whatever that they can come up to with. playing Rayquaza without the Flaffy. <laughs> I mean, you could play with like a Rose engine, like Turbo Patch Rose. <laughs> turbo Patch doesn't work on V Maxes, though. So no, no, you would Turbo Patch to the basic, obviously. <laughs> Come on, dude. Come uh, that on. That seems rough, man. That seems rough. Galarian Articuno, uh, Energy Switch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then go into the. Go into the um, what's that other new card? The Yoga Kick Boy? <laughs> Metachamp. The Metacham, yeah, yeah, insane deck, insane deck. We were, we were talking about that before the cast. How I was like telling Riley my my impactful cards, and I was like, "Oh, Galarian Articuno, Metacham V," and he's like, "Bro, what are you cooking up? What saucy deck are you cooking up with those two? I'm like, "No, no, no, they're they're impactful in their own ways." But we got the double hitters header, so there's that first tournament on Saturday post rotation, and then the Sunday tournament is going to be the gym leader challenge format. Yeah, absolutely. So. You know, Full Grip Games, obviously a partner in the podcast here. And we're really excited to play cards in person. I won't be able to go to the event, but JW will be repping the cast for both Sad. of us. Uh, and getting two wins, one for each of us. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. I will definitely dedicate my wins to you, Riley, for Thank sure. You. Thank you. So we wanted to talk, though, about both of those formats. So the first half of the cast today, we're going to be talking about the standard format. And the second half, we'll be talking about the GLC Gym Leader Challenge format. Um, when we get into the second half as well, we'll give a brief explanation of GLC if you happen to be unfamiliar. But yeah, absolutely. Let's dive into standard. So, Evolving Skies is dropping, and the Sun and Moon era is rotating. So, we're looking at Sword and Shield to Evolving Skies for this upcoming weekend at the Full Grip Games 1K. Um, some very notable cards have been lost in the shuffle here, namely all of the tag teams, uh, namesake of the show have been rotated at this point. Uh, good news is we're not going to become the VMAX podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Stellar Wish Gaming for five bits. Um, so the VMAXs though are definitely dominating the format. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. And 
our opinion largely remains true that VMAXs are the cards to look at heading into this format. They've already started, honestly, dominating even before tag teams rotated. They kind of just overtook the format with their massive HP and impressive attacks. Um, and we're just seeing that kind of boil down in the post-rotation format as well. Some notable yeah. other losses in rotation, I think the most notable, and you'll see why, is uh, the Mew from Unbroken Bonds, the, the bench yes. barrier Mew. So there is no like universal bench protection anymore. The damage that is very freely is, able to be distributed yeah. on the bench. That's a major <laughs> loss. Yeah, so keeping with that theme, there are several different decks that take advantage of that. Um, there are new decks in Evolving Skies, like the Jolteon VMAX that snipes, um, and you obviously have like your Zero Aura V that snipes. But the, the single card that comes to mind when we're talking about snipe damage hopefully is apparent, and that's going to be the Rapid Strike Urshifu deck with the whole Rapid Strike engine with Inteleon. Uh, I mean, this deck is really the top dog, I think just really the number one deck with the biggest target on its back heading into the post-rotation format. And it's easy to see why. I mean, you have the bench damage, so can very easily um, just take decks out of contention in a way, like just completely yeah. prevent them from being able to play uh, if they have to set up Pokemon. And that goes for other decks that are like playing the uh, the Inteleon line too, right? Like you can snipe double Drizzile and and now they've kind of like lost their engine. Um, it's very efficient. It can attack for few energy. And the Inteleon line offers consistency that isn't reliant on like a Crobat or any sort of uh, yeah. less reliable draw like that. Yeah, and because one of the things that I found with this format is that when you're relying on Crobat to draw, you're often finding yourself drawing way less cards, right? Like yeah. you're finding yourself crowbatting, you know, because you need saying this is like your hand is right. clogged in this. Your format. hand just gets clogged. There's not really many good ways to decrease your hand size. You're often going to want to crowbat in the early game. Um so that's usually, you know, not necessarily after like an opponent's Marnie, which would be one natural way to reduce your hand. But you're going to want to crowbat early and yeah, a lot of times <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um it just it it makes it tough. Crobat is not the draw engine that you necessarily want to have. I mean, it's kind of a necessary evil in some decks. Uh, it's not the yeah. draw engine that you want to have. Um, but you know, it's it's pretty much all we got. So um, if you are you know have if you do have the option to play the Intellion line in your decks, like go for it, right? Because that's going to be just way more consistent in yeah. a lot of cases. Oh, for sure. And plus, like. If you happen to run into the rogue path to the peak, then you're not impacted by that at all. Um, and, you know, just having the ability to hand select the cards that you draw is always really good. Oh, for sure. Um, so, I mean, I don't think we need to dive too much specifically into Urshifu. I think its strengths are almost apparent by just kind of what the format is looking like. Um, and I think what we're going to see, JW, and feel free to push back on this, is the format's going to kind of warp itself around Rapid Strike Urshifu. So we'll see Urshifu do well, and then we'll see decks kind of come up with the intent to counter it, and then you may have counters to those counters. Um, so let's step through that logic then. I, I think the the obvious counter to Rapid Strike Urshifu is, of course, going to be Shadow Rider Calyrex with the, the psychic typing. Um, 
hitting for weakness and just dealing out tons of damage. Talk to me about Shadow Rider, JW. Yeah, Shadow Rider, I played against that over uh, the last, you know, yesterday when I was playing with uh, with Dankus. And um, it felt just a little slow. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily because, you know, he didn't draw particularly well or if the deck, you know, in fact, you know, just needed that extra turn from Gengar Mimikyu to actually be viable. But uh, it just felt particularly slow when we played it the other day. And uh, I wasn't extremely impressed. I mean, obviously we've been saying, we've been singing the praises of the Shadow Rider Calyrex ability, one of the most broken abilities ever printed. And so like, it is good. um, But for whatever reason, it just maybe it was the list, maybe it was the draws. We only played a couple of games, so like yeah. it could have just been the draws. But um, it didn't feel particularly um, uh, well. I, I should say it, it would feel good if the games lasted long enough, right? Because you saw in the end of that last game that Dankus and I played, he was able to ramp up to the you know 310 damage and you know just blowing away my board. But the problem was he wasn't able to put on enough pressure early to make that late game damage matter. So that was where, um, you know, I was playing an Urshifu build. That was where I was able to take advantage and capitalize. I was able to go in very early and go aggressive. Now, I think if the list had been modified a little bit more to play, uh, to accommodate the uh, maybe Cresselia, so that could be a possible way to just get things rolling a little bit sooner, right? Go in turn two with a Cresselia, get a bunch of energy in play, and then all of a sudden you can start attacking with Shadow Riders. I think that might be a way to, you know, mix up the deck, a, a strategy that we didn't really see. And maybe you want to play, you know, two, three, possibly four Cresselia to make sure you get that on the first yeah. turn. But um, just just some thoughts there is that didn't really put on a lot of early game pressure, and that was what kind of... Uh, you know, made it slip. Yeah. And I was actually kind of thinking a, down a similar process. I was, you, you kind of preemptively answered my question. Um, you know, what do we think about the loss of Gengar Mimikyu, one of the most toxic tag team cards of them all. Um, and I think it actually does make a pretty significant impact. I mean, I, I keep thinking back to uh, the Alex Shemansky versus Azul series where, Azul kept struggling to get the full setup he needed before Alex could start taking advantage of his board with snipes. Um, And that was with Gengar Mimikyu. Now, granted, Alex also had Karate Belt, which is rotating. But I think that's almost like a similar exchange in a way. Like, you can't have that lockdown anymore, but you get the snipe. I guess you also lose the, um, you know, you lose the Jirachi for the weakness prevention. Right, but the the Jirachi wasn't really a huge factor in that series. Yeah, not particularly, and and that's kind of what I'm finding is like you're gonna the thing when you're playing against Shadow Rider is when you're playing in pre rotation format, uh, or excuse me, post rotation, um, you're gonna want to try to force them to attack three times for knockouts. So you want to save your um, you know, maybe your VMAX until late, or if you do go in with the VMAX, then you want to try to you know, go VMAX, V, VMAX. You know, if you're playing with the Urshifu Inteleon build, that gets a little bit sus because they can obviously gust around your, you know, your active Vs and, and make the prize exchange really nice for you. But if you're playing with the Urshifu Moltres build, then you can absolutely employ a strategy where 
you go in and attack with, you know, maybe it's the Urshifu V. Maybe you're swinging for 150. That's very viable damage. Yeah. And then you get a Moltres and then you find some other attacker. Maybe it's the Urshifu V max. But like you're trying to force them to at least attack three times. They're usually um, not going to get a knockout on their second turn. Right. For the most part, right. like on their second turn of the game Pretty that rare. they play, that's very early. They would need to get three energy down, uh, four energy down, I should say, to knock out an Urshfu V. So it's just not usually going to happen that way. Um, and so they have to attach to the bench at the abilities. So. <laughs> right, right. So it can just be a little awkward. But the late game potential of the Shadow Rider deck, obviously, is where it shines. And so if you can make it out of those first few turns without you know, taking too much damage against an Urshifu deck, then you should be in the clear. Yeah, and I, I think that's, I mean, that's true in a lot of matchups, I feel like, for Shadow Rider. Like, if you scale up into the late game, you are going to be a monster to deal with because you have that yeah. you have that draw, you have a ton of energy in play, you're just dealing a crap ton of damage, one hit KOing VMAXs potentially even. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's where I feel like if we were to like graph the power levels of the of the cards over the course of a game, right? Like I feel like Urshifu is very consistent. That's what I was like, gonna say as well. It's like a line. Yeah. Yeah, throughout the course of the game, like it, it can't ever like reach too high, right? You're you're only gonna ever max out at what 180 damage if you like snipe and you have the telescopic sight and the uh, the uh, the monkey on the bench, yeah. and then so that's only that's the most you can do unless you're playing, I guess, you know, again the the Moltres, then you can do 190, but you're not really ramping up for one shots. You know, so you're saying pretty weird now that I think about it that. You have a higher theoretical bench damage output than an active output. Yeah, it is really, it, it makes for very strange, you know, very strange lines of play where yeah. you actually, you're like, oh man, I want to boss something else up to knock out, you know, the VMAX <laughs> that I just put to the bench. It, yeah. It's it's very unusual. But yeah, uh, then though. if you were, if you were maybe to graph the, the power level of Shadow Rider. Like, it just goes pretty much infinitely up, right? Because you're just getting more and more energy yeah, into play each I feel like it's turn. almost parabolic, too, where it starts off a little slow as you, like, try to get that initial setup, and then it, like, spikes as you get, like, your second, third Shadow Rider in play. Yeah. Um, but For getting sure. those early couple Shadow Riders down is really difficult. Well, and it's weird, too, right? Because you should, you know, you got 12 outs, essentially, to getting one. Um Fog Crystal, your four basics, and then four quick balls. Uh, so it like theoretically should you know happen with with uh, regularity, right? To get out you know two, three Shadow Riders on the first turn and start attaching and building them up. But um, in practice, we saw with uh, the games that I played against Dankus, he he got maybe one, maybe two out. Yeah, and, that's my uh, too. You're getting like two of them. <laughs> yeah, and maybe. and yeah, t- and then you feel pretty pretty happy to get two yeah i would think two is like a good turn yeah so (laughs) So, uh, i agree with you there i mean i think those are really going to be the the big monsters of the format though you're going to have your rapid strikers um both the intellion variant and the the moltres variant as well you know thank you for bringing that up you know another way that that rapid strike could look to deal with shadow rider as well is just playing like path to the peaks and their intellion versions uh, kind of stammering that setup a little bit. Sure. That's um, another very viable option, I think, that we haven't really seen in lists. I mean, obviously, nobody's really playing post-rotation, but, uh, yeah, y- you know, there, there is that thing that Urshifu decks could play path themselves to try to slow opposing decks down. So, yeah. 
Absolutely. Just things to think about. And I think we'll get a much clearer sense of the format. You know, it's it's always like kind of a crapshoot going into the format, especially a new one with new cards and rotating cards. Like it's just <laughs> kind of going to be a crapshoot. But uh, we'll get a much clearer picture of what uh, is good and what most importantly is bad after this weekend. <laughs> what most importantly is bad, isn't it? <laughs> Wasn't what's good more important? <laughs> no, no, no. What's bad is more important. Oh, sure. I see, I see. Because that's what yeah. we're going to be playing for YouTube videos. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, some other decks that I don't think we'll go as deeply into, but we wanted to give some <laughs> some praise to. Uh, we have the Glaceon VMAX. It was, if Glaceon felt like kind of an unsung hero for a little bit. Uh, people... Yep seem a little bit woke to it now though i mean the gist of glaceon if you're unaware it has an ability where it can't be damaged by a vmax that isn't glaceon um so it's kind of like a counter vmax deck the the damage output on it isn't phenomenal it does 150 and 30 snipe um but i would say that's like enough to deal with like single prizers that they might have teched into their deck and soften up the the bigger guys on the bench right and that's the thing too is like Remember that when you get a Glaceon VMAX out, your opponent can't attack with their VMAXs. So they have to bring up, you know, smaller guys and commit usually more energy to the smaller guys. So um, it's different from Zamazenta in the sense that it's maybe a little bit easier to power up. Um, in, in the fact that you have, you know, Frostmoth if you decide to play it, right? You got Melanie. Um, so it's maybe a little bit. I, I hesitate to say more consistent, but like on par with consistency and you're doing a little bit more damage and you're setting up KOs, right? So that's the thing that Zamazenta can't do. You can't, um, with Glaceon, you can't really build something up on the bench too safely because it can get pinged. Mm-hmm. And then again, you're looking at like two pings uh, with that 30 damage. And then most Vs are going to die to, you know, the max Icicle, you know, two pings, 60 damage on that bench Pokemon that you're trying to build up and then you hit it for 150, and that's going to be a knockout, right? That's yeah. just not something that Zamazenta can do. It can't really uh, preempt future attacks. Right. I also like the Glaceon. My build played the Inteleon line, so I also really like the Inteleon mm-hmm. to ping some damage on the side of the board to kind of supplement Glaceon's you know, relatively meager damage output. Yeah, that's a good idea, and I also... I like the idea of having the Inteleon line because it lets you also find stadiums if your opponent does play a path to continue to bump them. Yep, um, yep, exactly. So I'm a fan of that for sure. Um, I have a quick question for you. What Are you, you a bigger Glaceon stan or a bigger Decidueye stan? I feel like Glaceon's just better. I think the problem that I find or that I would imagine would happen with with the Decidueye decks is just that they're not going to be consistent enough to get rolling in the, you know, early turns. Like they, they should lose to the Urshifu and Teleon decks. Like yeah, without they fear. should just lose to it. Right. Cause let's say, let's say the Urshifu deck gets, you know, the rapid flow before you can get into, you know, two Decidueye. Well then you lose two Rowlets. Like, I don't know how you really recover from that. Um, additionally, Inteleon you got Inteleons. A lot of pressure on you too. Right. You got Inteleons that are, you know, sniping your guys, setting them up for, you know, doing stuff, you know, getting knocked out and and they can do 70 damage themselves. So I just don't see how Decidueye makes it through a field of Urshifu Inteleon. That said, 
That said, I do, you know, think that there are, you know, if the format ever shifts away from Urshifu and Talion, then there is some potential for Decidueye. But that's why I like the Glaceon. I think Glaceon's pretty cool, pretty neat. Uh, definitely has some some spicy stuff that you can include in the list for sure. And uh, yeah, is I think just generally the better wall deck. And, and I think yeah. we'll see that going forward. I think Glaceon is better poised against the two decks that we had previously talked about as well. Um, mm-hmm. Although I, I do think Decidueye has potential, you know, run like a very heavy Skyla engine with Turfield Stadium and the uh, the Snorlax kind of emulate the Rosa that you're losing. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, definitely. That's it. Last two decks I want to talk about. Uh, Turbo Zacian with Inteleons has been a pretty popular deck in some post-rotation events. Um, honestly, I'm not personally the hugest fan of this deck. Uh, but it has seen some success, and I think one of the biggest things it has going for it is that it's really flexible in terms of the build, like in how much yep. and what you play in it. You know, you just yep. got like your four Zacian and maybe some Zamazentas and Teleon, and then the deck is yours to play with. And yeah. Any other thoughts you have there? Definitely be placed yeah. on. So. Yeah. No, for sure. Right. Uh-huh. And like, I think that that build, um, the Zacian decks that are like, of course they're going to be better when you have, you know metal weak Pokemon, right? So the Glaceon and I think more importantly, the ice rider, mm-hmm. but I feel like, I don't, I don't know. It just ice rider doesn't, I, I was kind of singing its praises towards the end of this format and I don't necessarily know what changes all that much, but it doesn't feel like a great deck to be playing next format in ice rider. If, if you're thinking about it for the full grip series, like it's not a bad deck by any means. I think it's, you know, in that tier two range, high tier two range, but um, I just think it struggles a little bit with some of the other decks, you know, Shadow Rider and and uh, and uh, Urshifu. Yeah, I think it struggles we, with Urshifu more earlier. than Shadow Rider. Yeah, between the two, but that's my take on it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so. Last deck we wanted to shout out is a new deck from Revolving Skies as well, and that's Rayquaza Vmax. Um, honestly, it feels similar in Shadow Rider in the fact that like you have this amazing late game where you draw your whole deck and you can power up ridiculous amounts of energy every turn and deal a crap ton of damage. I think the the downfall of Rayquaza, in my opinion, is your your Pokemon that's powering you up isn't the same as the Pokemon that's attacking and drawing you cards. You have two different guys in Rayquaza, whereas Shadow Rider has the one guy. And sure. the little dudes in Rayquaza, the Flaffies, are very very susceptible to a attack from a previously mentioned card, <laughs> Gmax Rapid Flow. Yeah, definitely. I think that's the biggest hurdle that the uh, Rayquaza Vmax deck has to overcome, right? Because you you think about the card just inherently. Again, like this is a broken card where you have unlimited damage potential and you got a draw ability. Yeah. You know, it, it just like it's good. It is a good card. And then you pair it with Flaffy. Like those that's a good combination. Kind of a tried and true combination. You have that built-in consistency. Uh it, it should be good at some point over the course it's of It's like literally of Ray EX, but a better deck. <laughs> it's Ray EX, but you get to like draw cards. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. So um it is uh, it's it's quite the deck just just on a on a conceptual level on a theory level, um, but then in practice you play against search for decks and you're like okay well I got both my you know sheep knocked out on the second turn of the game and uh, you know where do I go from here because I can't really accelerate into my ray now will somebody break it you know play a new list that's uh, that's different that's unique possibly 
And of course, like you do Possibly. have Rose. You know, out, right. But. You have Rose. So like maybe there's maybe you just play a huge Rose engine. But I, I think, you know, we've seen Andrew uh, Mahone play his version of the uh, the Rayquaza deck. And he he likes to play those very streamlined decks. So like I couldn't imagine a more consistent build coming out um, yeah. over the course of the weekend that could, you know, outspeed the uh, the the Urshfu deck. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It definitely seems like a monstrous deck, but we'll just continue to run into that problem where Urshifu will snipe off little sheepy boys. I know. It's a shame. It's a shame. But that's just the reality of the format right now. I mean, we've always had kind of gatekeepers, especially recently. You know, it may have been earlier ADP or Picaram, and now it's just Urshifu. And um, there, there is some fairness. I think there are some strategies that you can use to counter Urshifu. Things like, you know... Um, Things like uh, what's shoot? I my brain is fried. Bro. I don't know. My man. brain is. What's the what's the special energy removal card? Fan of waves. Yeah, fan of waves. You got like fan of waves. You could possibly play to like remove an energy attachment. Um, you got I don't know. There's no real hand disruption, which is kind of tough. But um, yeah, you know that's like one that comes to mind uh, off the top of the top of the dome piece. Um, but it's really like. To beat Urshifu, you have to play like a direct counter to it, or at least not have you know those weaknesses of trying to evolve a Pokemon on the bench. <laughs> yeah, we hate evolving. Yeah, dude, hate it, hate it. Yeah, hammers. Yeah, we got ten types saying hammers. You know, same thing. It's like if you can maybe steal you know an energy attachment away from Urshifu because those are pretty vital, especially in the um, Italian build. Yeah. Then you can you can maybe try to even the even the trade out. So I think we've uh, we've hit on a lot of the, the top decks people are thinking about. In terms of viability, I also think we kind of went in about an order that seems appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, we hit on a lot of these cards already, but from Evolving Skies, is there any additional impactful cards that you want to call out? I think Raihan is probably the most impactful. Um, it probably does slot right into the Urshfu deck. Urshfu and Talion, um, just because you can search it out, um, it it kind of becomes this stand-in for the karate belt that we saw played in the last format. Yeah. And so I think it's just a natural inclusion, maybe just as a one-of, but the fact that you can just search it out when the turn that you need it is just too good to uh, to ignore. So Italian, I think man. that's the most obvious one. Italian's so broken. Yeah, super <laughs> broken for sure. The problem, though, with that, though, is like, because there's no reset stamp, right? So if your opponent's taking a knockout, and this is what bothers me a little bit about Raihan, is that if your opponent's taking a knockout, presumably on your bear, they're taking three prizes, and their hand's just going to be huge. So if they're playing a decent deck, they should be able to respond to your Raihan, theoretically, right? So I don't know. It's you're just getting the Raihan for game. Very true. Good point. Didn't even think about winning the game. <laughs> you got to try to do that at least. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even think about it. So yeah, I'll, now that I now that I know that uh, you know you can try to Raihan to to advance the board state enough to win the game, I'll try to keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh, you know when when I play it. There so. you go. Hopefully that helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, quite the insight, Riley. Quite the You're insight. Welcome. Um, so, there are a couple of other cards, I think. Uh, yeah, if you want to talk about 
those other ones too. Yeah, I mean, we hit on some of these just by virtue of them being uh, features of some of these decks. You had mentioned the Glaring Articuno as well, um, kind of jokingly earlier when we were talking about the <laughs> my little yes. mix-up. Um, but obviously being able to accelerate some energy, potential inclusion in Shadow Rider Calyrex. We called that out when the card was first revealed. Um, and then another card that has people excited, maybe a little more niche, is the Metacham V. Uh, being able to do that yoga kick and skip your opponent's turn, especially when you have like Inteleons to kind of manipulate the damage and potentially set those knockouts up, uh, is definitely valuable. I, I don't know if it necessarily has an exact place, but I'm sure someone will find it and really awesome use for the card. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it it's like one of those cards, right? You can see the potential, right? Because just getting another turn is generally pretty good. Yeah, Pokemon um, did try to limit it because you can't use it over and over again. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I don't know quite how you would do it. I guess you could, like, if you're knocking out Sobbles or something, right, you get two pings off an Inteleon and then Yoga Loop or something. But, um, yeah, love that it doesn't do very significant damage. Um, and, and that definitely keeps it in check too. Cause I feel like the point that you're yoga looping, you know, like that card maybe, maybe could have been something that, you know, gave you a big, bigger advantage earlier. Like I, I'm just struggling to think of a time where yoga looping is the only way that you win a game, right? It seems like a little bit of a win more card, especially when we have, um, you know, cause you're probably playing that in, you know, an Urshfu build, right? Where you're sniping a bunch. But we already have snipe um, modifiers, right? That we talked about earlier. So, yeah, I think it the just idea doesn't is like if you need to take one extra feel... knockout, right? Like maybe you're going to, maybe you have like three <laughs> prizes left and they have like a Sobble and two Drizyles on their bench or something. So you like double yeah. snipe KO the Sobble and then you double snipe the Drizyles or something. You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And like the the counter argument I'd give to that is like, I don't know, you could just have played better early. That's my counter argument. (laughs) (laughs) Just win. (laughs) Yeah, just just win forehead. (laughs) I agree. So heading into standard JW, what is your top choice? Well, I I don't know whether it is the top choice, but it is my top choice. I will be playing the Urshfu Moltres deck for the full grip games tournament unless something catastrophic happens um i do feel like that's the deck that i don't know if it's the best because i would say maybe the intellion build has a little bit more versatility and it's less reliant or it's less impacted by path of the peak which i think is a you know a fairly prominent card at this point in the game mm-hmm. um but it's the deck that i feel the most comfortable with and the one that i know the best there you go. Urshifu Moltres, you heard it here first. So, I think it's time for card of the day. Dude, it totally is. All right, so this card is possibly one of the worst cards <laughs> that... Do you already know what I'm going to say? You already know what I'm going to say. It's possibly one of the worst cards to have ever won a regional championship. It doesn't really do that much. It's basically a placeholder, but... It was the perfect card in my 2019 Rao Egg Vile Plume deck. Not flashy. In fact, extremely ugly artwork. The full art, Steven. <laughs> so Steven says, search your deck for a supporter card and a basic energy and reveal them and put them into your hand. 
then shuffle your deck afterwards. So you're basically playing a supporter to get another supporter. And then like you get an energy, but like it's it's kind of garbage. But the reason that this card was good was because, of course, in that Vileplume deck, we were trying to set up an item lock. And so this Steven functionally provided us uh, just another Steven's Resolve in, es- in essence, right? Because we could just grab the Steven's Resolve, which was the preferred supporter. We slow down our opponent. They can't play trainers, which most decks relied on. Yeah, We were just looking for the uh, the best supporter for the time, be it Faba, be it Steven's Resolve, and uh, and grab it out. So Steven was kind of that that guy that uh you know underrated yeah he was that guy for sure and uh (laughs) and got the job done yeah it was always fun to steven for a steven's resolve so busted dude um you know steven was also in another regional winning deck when james arnold won with the lapras deck i was just gonna say i i think it had been in another deck Yeah, yeah that's that's the one and it was a very similar idea because decidui vileplume was really popular at the time and Lapras, the whole point of Lapras was it operated really well under Decidueye, or at least that was one of the motivating factors with Lapras. So Steven, of course, you know, even if you don't have your your uh, Sycamore in hand at the time, you can always Steven for one, or like the N, or, you know, the Lysander, or whatever you needed, and, and get the energy attachment, which was super important for both of the decks in question. So interesting that, like, even though it was kind of like a very niche, not super powerful card that it found like very specific use cases yeah yeah exactly and it's just interesting that because i feel like there are better cards individually (laughs) that you know haven't come close to the amount of success that steven has had (laughs) and yet steven has just been so important for very specific uses exactly exactly that's an awesome card pick good one yeah thank you so let's talk about Gym Leader Challenge then. So let's go. Let's get into it. I'm excited. For the uninitiated, uh, quick summary, the Gym Leader Challenge is a fake format designed by Andrew Mahone. It covers the expanded card pool with no bands at the moment, and you can play one type of Pokemon card. You can play a maximum of one of any given card besides basic energy, um, and there are no rule box Pokemon allowed. So... No EXs, no tag teams, no GXs, no Vs, no Prisms. Um, anything that has a rule box breaks. A specs. A specs, yep. Yeah. So the idea is that you're playing kind of a, a six prize game, you know, head to head, but with just exclusively one type of Pokemon. And that means that Eevee does not count except in normal type decks. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, that's that question. the biggest Pre-empting that's that the question. the biggest loser of the format. So, there's a lot of really creative decks that have come out of the Gym Leader Challenge format. Uh and JW and I were kind of getting into a discussion and ultimately we decided that we should just talk through this on the podcast about some <laughs> of the the best types in that format. We came up with kind of a short list in terms of what we think is the real top tier types. Yep. And those are not necessarily in order, but those are lightning, water, and grass. So definitely some staple types within the game in general. 
uh, and a lot of really powerful cards within each of those. JW, do you want to dive into Lightning to start? Sure. So Lightning, as I was thinking about this over the week, um, I've seen a new variant of Lightning emerge. Now, I had initially thought Lightning was pretty mid-tier. You know, of course, you have Zapdos, which is generally good. Uh, you got Electric, maybe Flaffy, which are just good cards. Um and you had like Raikou and you could build up a huge Raikou and it's a tank and it can go take, you know, multiple prizes. But the way that I've been seeing lightning be built recently has been with the amazing rare Raikou and putting a counter energy on it. If you're behind on prizes, you can all of a sudden do 120 to the active 120 snipe, which is, you know, usually enough to, take two prizes in a lot of cases. So uh, you have that. You, of course, still have the Zapdos. You have maybe Ampharos and Luxray, which can also reach those higher numbers. The the Luxray can hit for 160, 180 if you have a Muscle Band, and then 210 if you have Muscle Band and E-Power. And then the Ampharos just, of course, is it's another attacker, but it evolves from you know the Flaffy, which I think most decks will be playing. So I've been seeing um, just kind of a, a newer style of electric yeah. than I had seen before. And that's what really excites me about the deck. I had been up till maybe yesterday, and I'm still not completely off this train, but I had been solidly on the dark train. And I look at dark and lightning as being very similar types. However, lightning has a draw engine that dark doesn't have. Yep. Dark can take multiple prizes, right? We were talking about the Raikou and Lightning, but Dark has the Guzzlord, take those multiple prizes. You can ramp up to over 200 damage with the Weavile. Now it's dependent on what your opponent has, but abilities are just so big in the Gym Leader Challenge format that yep. that Weavile is pretty consistently hitting for you know, 150, 200, 250. Um, so you have that one shot for one energy. Um, and then you, know, you, you have the Hoopa, and the Zapdos, those kind of switch in, hit and run attackers. So there's a lot of these similarities, but the thing that Dark doesn't have is that draw engine. The best you can do is Golbat, draw two, into Crobat, draw three, right? And those are, you have to have those cards in hand, and they're only a one-time effect. And they're not that you many look, cards. <laughs> they're not that many cards, right? If it was like, play it, draw seven, like, okay, yeah, we're, we're shipping dark. That's insane. <laughs> but, you know, play a goal bad to draw two. It's like, it's okay. It definitely gets the job done in certain circumstances, but it's not Electrode, which is a consistent fill to four, or it's not the Zebstrika, which is discard, draw four. So that's where I'm at right now. I feel like there's a lot of parallels. Dark has a little bit higher of a damage cap, than lightning, but lightning might be just a little bit more consistent in the long run. So um, that's where I'm at in terms of those two decks. Um, yeah, I know we weren't really talking about dark, but I just felt like there's too much of a parallel between the two decks. So no, it's a, lightning, it's a good point. Yeah, lightning, lightning, super good type right now. Uh, we also got a couple other types. Riley, why don't you talk about uh, the water deck? Yeah, before we hit on that, I just want to say another thing about lightning is I. I think one of the big things for it is it's really efficient with its deck space, right? Like mm -hmm. you have a lot of Pokemon that offer utility and then also can either attack or offer something else to your deck. Um, sure. So you have like the Flaffy that evolves into Ampharos is super efficient. The Amazing Rare Raikou like sneaks extra prizes, which it just increases the efficiency of the deck. And so it's just super streamlined, which I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Water is a very explosive deck. It's 
uh, very focused on getting out your accelerators, be it a Blastoise or a Frostmoth, and powering up big attackers. We have seen, historically, we've seen some like Milotic, uh, Amazing Rare Kyogre builds, which I don't think are horrible, but I think the premier way to play water that we've seen is really just using that Frostmoth, powering up a giant uncapped attacker, which is where it shines the most. Uh, water has a multitude of uncapped attackers available to it where you can keep attaching water energy and doing more damage. You have the Lapras, which has Hydro Pump, costs one energy. It does 30 more <laughs> for every water attached to it. I think it's 30, it's 30 right? Not, not 20? Yeah, okay, I'm not going crazy. Um, yeah. And then you have the Waylord, which has 200 health, <laughs> which is ridiculous. And it also has Hydro Pump, and it's 40 times. So yep. you can do so much damage with the Waylord so fast, and it's just a huge tank. Uh, it's pretty uncommon for a Gym Leader Challenge Pokemon to be able to really effectively hit that number, um, at least consistently, right? And then Water also has really strong support cards in the format for it. So you have things like Dive Ball and Brooklet Hill to easily search out your Pokemon. You have Octillery, which draws up to five every turn, which is so good as well yeah. with like cards like Frostmoth and Blastoise that clear the energy out of your hand, which is like right. the main thing that clogs your hand. <laughs> right. Um, it's just, it's just awesome how how powerful water is, and I think that's really what you're going for. It's like an awesome explosive, like these huge turns where you're doing tons of damage and have these giant guys in front that just can't be knocked out. Oh, totally. It's it's the absolute beat stick deck of the format. You're just able to ramp up damage so easily and so consistently. And the nice thing about the water deck is that you have uh, little reliance on like your prizes, right? Yeah. I think it's it's maybe one of the least prize or it's the most prize resilient deck. Yeah, in, in it has my a opinion. lot of different routes to, to do the same or a similar thing. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, you know, you got Blastoise, which is obviously your your ideal, you know, Deluge Pokemon. But then you also have, you know, the Frostmoth. So, like, you got, you got you know, a Stage 2 that you're more likely to prize that's a little bit more powerful. But then you also have a Stage 1 that can get the job done. You got a bunch of different, you know, like we were talking about, those attackers that can just ramp up to infinite damage. So, like, it just all really works together very nicely. And so uh, consistency is is definitely key. You got the Octillery. I mean, it, it's just such a good card that has kind of a laundry list of of just really good effects um, yeah. that, that these Pokemon can use. So, And fun fact, water is the most common Pokemon type. Not necessarily in the cards, but in general. Generally, well, we'll see if it's the most common in the tournament. There you go. We'll see last of our big three here jw walk us through grass grass the grass we were talking earlier uh, before the cast just how good the individual cards in grass are rillaboom very strong card it's you know unlike the other rain dance um pokemon just because you get to search it out of your deck so it's just going to be um you know not as explosive but maybe over the course of a long game more consistent uh you have Venusaur to just double that. You got um, yeah four the, energy from your deck per turn. Let's see. Yeah, <laughs> disgusting, bro. How can it lose? Uh, you got Shiftry, which is a solid attacker, uh, draws cards for you as well. You got Vileplume that can shut down opponents' items, and items are extremely important 
in the uh, in the gym leader challenge. So there's a whole host of stage two Pokemon for grass. And I'm even missing a few, but there's a whole host of stage two Pokemon that like individually are just very good cards. Now getting them into play is another issue in and of itself, but uh, that's where grass's strength comes from is those very, very strong stage twos that allow your, you know, Zarud to do big damage uh, that allow your Skeptile to do big damage, your Shining Genesect to do big damage. And so if you're able to find, you know, a Rillaboom and a Venusaur, like you're just going to town, you can probably sweep um, in a lot of cases with, with that combo. Yeah. And the search in grass for the pokemon is so good you have you have multiple pokemon that search out other grass pokemon in addition to having like turf field to get the evolutions you have forest giant plants to continue to evolve the pokemon that you've just searched um so it's definitely a super evolution heavy deck i think in contrast to water though because you're in a singleton format every single stage two each piece is a liability that can go into your prizes so if your end game combo is like a Shiftry, a Rillaboom, and a Venusaur in play, then that's nine individual cards that are bad for you to prize. Yeah. (laughs) And like completely like slow down your gameplay if you prize any of that as well. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's kind of like high risk, high reward, right? You have just like all these super good cards, but the risk of prizing them is, you know, pretty high. So Yeah. yeah, I would agree. Um, but I think it's, you know, kind of comparing it to the, the standard decks, you have that insane power curve, or if you get to that late game, grass is just ridiculous. You're consistently drawing cards. You're pulling for energy from your deck per turn effectively, uh, with your stage twos out. Um, you got infinite damage ramp on some of your grass Pokemon. So certainly the potential is there. It's just super difficult to get all the way there consistently. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So we've outlined, uh, you know, lightning and by extension, dark, we've outlined grass, water. What are some other decks that you would figure to at least maybe, uh, you know, we we've said those as maybe the top decks. What are some other ones that you would figure to at least be in the mix? Yeah. One type that I've really enjoyed actually, and it figures, I really enjoy like the, the colorless Pokemon. Um, so colorless, is a very disruptive strategy you have a lot of pokemon that um you know kind of work against your opponent you have your regigigas which is just super tanky you have your chinchino and your pidgeotto line you have your oranguru and display a lot of disruptive cards um and if you manage to like find just the right things you can kind of prevent your opponent from really effectively playing the game I think some of these decks that we just talked about, especially the water deck, can be pretty resilient against that kind of strategy. Um, but it's a really fun one to play, and it's fun to see like the colorless Pokemon band together. <laughs> you know, yeah, like the definitely. just the normies like that you said earlier. Super normie. Um, another type that I think is interesting is um, is metal because it's kind of similar in that you have like pretty tanky Pokemon, you know, they will try to tank a hit and then like slowly whittle your opponent down, but in more of a damagey way than, than a mill stall kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's always like a fun strategy to play, right? Like the big tanky boy that you move all your energy off of and, and max potion for Cheryl off of and, and, you know, consistently that's a strategy that people enjoy. Yep, definitely. Definitely. So, um, what would you, would you play colorless more as an attacking deck, more as a like stall deck? Like how, how are you envisioning colorless? More of like a stall deck. You know, you play, you play, yeah. you sit your Reggie Gigas in front, you right, play right. Your in the late game to get more stall cards back. Um, you know, you can infinitely loop those guys. Cause I've, I've seen, um, I've seen the colorless deck be played with Porygon. I was just wondering your thoughts on that. The Porygon version is cool too, right? Where you can, you know, get all your special energy into play and like get really cool attacks off. I actually do like that version a lot as well. And it's, a, it's funny because it's just a completely different take on colorless as well, which is one of the fun things about GLC is that you have, so many different routes that you can play these types as well. We talked about Amazing Rare Kyogre Milotic versus, you know, Blastoise for water. Um, I think, uh, you know, powerful colorless energy as well. It's just an awesome addition for the Porygon deck. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Great card. You know, it can also abuse things like um, Triple Excel, Double Colorless, uh, Twin Energy a little bit better than some of these other variants. Yeah, definitely. Um, how about fire fire i think is okay um fire just doesn't excite me in the same way i think that like water or grass does and i think water's prevalence also makes it more difficult to justify fire uh, Mm -hmm. when it does such a similar thing (laughs) like if i'm going to play like a similar kind of accelerate deal big damage kind of archetype yeah. Might as well play the mirror match instead of the auto loss. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. Right. I don't know if you have a similar take, but that's my take. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think water's kind of rise to to prominence and and perhaps just as being the the benchmark deck of the format um, really makes it hard for fire to compete. I think even without the weakness, like let's just say we removed weakness from the equation, I still think the tools that water has are just better overall than what fire has. You know, of course, yeah. fire. Um, you're not relying on a Pokemon to accelerate energy necessarily. Of course, you right. do have Embor if you need it, but you got the Blacksmith, you got the Welder. So those are some benefits that you have. But on the other hand, there's not a great draw engine for fire. You got the Delphox, but stage twos in the GLC are not something that you want to rely on necessarily um, you know, in, in every game to have. So uh, it just feels like, you know, okay, with water, you got the Octillery, that's going to come into play you know, more games than like a, a Del Fox would. And so you do have um, there is Salazzle too, but that, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you could do Salazzle for sure. <laughs> for sure. I, I feel like I haven't seen Salazzle as a card in, uh, in the fire decks. Yeah. Like be, be highly played. I could be completely wrong on that, but I feel like I haven't seen that. Like I, I, at least you know, Andrew, I think has moved away from the Salazzle. He has, he has, but I'm, you know, presenting it as an alternative yeah. draw option, you know, more comparable to artillery. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, you know, and then you compare that with like a Macargo to consistently draw cards. Um, it's just, uh, it still kind of harkens the same thing for me though, where, you know, why am I not just playing a water deck? <laughs> yep and maybe that's the wrong train of thought maybe someone proves me wrong i'm open to that i think fire pokemon are cool but 
Well, I think I think Kevin Baxter has been working on a spicy fire list. Well, you know, Kevin Baxter is historically a huge fan of Embor and Del Fox in the same deck, so <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> in one of counts as well, so he's actually like the perfect guy for this. He's the perfect guy. <laughs> Absolutely, very Kevin Baxter deck. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Any other types that really jump out at you? Um, I think like we were talking about fighting as being something that seems like, okay, like you have just fighting is just, it's fight guys, right? So you're just doing a lot of damage as efficiently as you can. It's got a couple of nice, you know, stage twos. You got Garchomp, maybe Machamp in there and a a few other ones. You You got the nice little Machoke in the middle too for those. You do have the snipe. Yeah, absolutely. And then you have nice surge. If you can get a Garchomp out and you can get the, um, you can get the Lucario out, then you can search for a card a turn, which is, of course, nothing to scoff at. So uh, there's some things that go for it. Um, some things that are maybe running against it is that there's no real surprise factor. Like you're generally, for the most part, just swinging in as hard as you can to the active uh, <laughs> right. Pokemon, right? And there's no real kind of like spookiness about that. Um, you're, generally, your attackers are going to be a little bit... Um, you know, meteor in terms of HP, but they're also going to take a lot more to power them up um, to do the meaningful damage. So, uh, you know, there's pros and cons. I just, uh, unfortunately, without a solid draw engine for fighting, I think it just has to stay in the background. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I think the decks that we see, I mean, literally the the decks that we have in the top three have like their own self-sustaining kind of engine, right? Where they, can either draw cards or search cards or do some sort of function of the game on their own on the board. Yep. Yep. I, th- I think that's definitely what separates, you know, the good from the great in this format. So one last type I want to ask you about JW, the fairies. Oh, the fairies busted. <laughs> so busted. <laughs> we love. The I wish we just had, I wish we just had like one more block with them. Oh man, because I I feel like there are some cool things that fairy can do, but uh, just ultimately there's just too few cards. Like you just <laughs> run like out of cards. Of them, yeah. You just run out of cards you're to put in. Like, like really tough that does like sixty. Like that's your yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that's the best you can do. So I don't know. We have ten types saying that you can do fairy control. Like yeah, maybe you got the um, you got the Florges that on a flip can put a put a card back on the top of your deck. So like. That's definitely possible. Um, there's maybe a few other cards for fairy control that could work. You got the uh, you got the basic Pokemon or the uh, the stage one the Rabombi. That means that your opponent. Do you know this one? Yeah, the one that prevents the gusting. Yeah, yeah. So that could be kind of cool too. But Big I don't really know where else Rabambi. you go. <laughs> I don't really know where else you go with that. Yeah. So. Well, figured I'd ask. <laughs> so jw we talked about your top pick for standard format what's your top pick for the gym leader challenge well i think it's going to be dark because that's what i have the most cards for um and that's what i've tested like the heck out of so i'm a little hesitant to like pick up a deck that i haven't really played so like darker water is probably going to be what i play yeah. um but I'm, I'm leaving that a little bit open because i'll have saturday night to like test with the boys so the boys yep there we go well you heard it here first jw is a man of the darkness 
He is a dark gym leader, and he's playing Galarian Moltres for his standard deck. So That's right. truly a man that lives in the darkness. <laughs> With that, no I, think, uh, I think we've hit the end of the episode. We have. So thank you all so much for listening. If you want to support the podcast or you're really excited about the events that we've been talking about and want more of them, you should check out Full Grip Games, fullgripgames.com or fullgripcodes.com. Um, you know, they've been a huge partner in the podcast and super excited about these one Ks. So again, if you want to support them, please do. Uh, you can also find us on social media, namely Twitter at tag team Pokemon for the podcast or for us individually, we got smiles with Riles and real John Walter on Twitter. Yeah, and absolutely. If you want to check absolutely. on the podcast being recorded live every single Wednesday, you can do that at twitch.tv slash Munner, or when I'm traveling, you can find it on Flex Daddy Righteous. And he yes. also does independent streams, and they're awesome. That's right. Definitely follow. And uh, Riley, this is the end of the season. This is the last episode of the season. Next is. week, we will be starting a brand new season. That's right. That's right. We're super excited to continue to bring new content and up the game. Um and we'll continue to do that in season four of tag team yeah great thank you guys all so much for listening we appreciate you guys uh listening and uh, all your continued support thank you again we'll catch you next time peace see you